1: You can follow us on Twitter at 93.7 three seven Fan, driven by Jim Shorty Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at com. Craig Riley back for our last hour of Bucko Talk this week, and very excited to go out to the fan hotline, brought to you by the workers' compensation law firm of Hall & Kapitas. Our Pirates insider here at the Fan Post-Gazette, Pirates beat writer Jason Mackey. Hey, Jason, how's it going? What's up,
0: man? Thanks for having me. How are you, Craig?
1: Oh, I've been better. Uh, <laughs> talking about last night... In- Now Wait a second, wait a second.
0: You've been better? You didn't have to sit through that thing last night. I mean, I guess you had to sit through it, but you didn't have to write about it afterward.
1: No, I did stay up and then come in here early this morning, too. But, hey, listen, this is a pleasure to get to talk about this, but my problem is I spent the first hour pretty much killing Miguel Del Pozo, so now I'm going to ask for a rational thought here on Miguel Del Pozo. How much of this is this guy finding himself in bad situations because what it seems like, more times than not, it's not that they want to use him, but they've managed themselves into situations where it's like, hey, this is what we have available. Throw him out there and see what happens.
0: Um, I'm not sure if I have a rational thought for you on Miguel <laughs> Del Pozo. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I I try very hard to not take cheap shots or be an idiot of a reporter covering a team. I don't understand why this guy's in the game. I don't understand why he's with the major league club unless they are explicitly and intentionally trying to lose, Um, which, I mean, they haven't said it. They haven't given us indications of that. I don't think they've done wrong by Del Pozo other than last night. Like, it it did crack me up with, you know, Shelton saying, like, we have no pitching. We have nobody else. Like, do we care about Miguel Del Pozo's arm? Apparently not. Um, But I I get why. Um, It's just – you're going to put yourself in those positions if you can't throw strikes. And he hasn't been able to throw strikes. He has shown no indication that he has the ability or control to pitch at this level. And for some reason, they're continuing to have him pitch at this level as opposed to, I, I realize we're splitting hairs, but like a, a James Marvel, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad they brought Ponce up at least something. The DFA of Erland looks kind of funky, um, Taylor Bashlor, the the guy they got for cash, maybe he comes up soon. They've got to get somebody else to eat innings somehow. I mean, it, the answer I think we've clearly seen is not Miguel Del Pozo.
1: Now that was a question I had for you because I look at the alternate training site roster for the Pirates, and they have the guys on the forty man roster: Tyler Bachelor, the guy they got from the Mets, and Blake Cedarland. But with this weird year. How much does 40 man roster moves mean? Do you think that's maybe what's stopping them from making another move if they're not going to call up? I mean, if Blake Cedarland's not ready because he's still bouncing back after testing positive for COVID or they're learning about Tyler Bachelor, do you think they call up one of these other guys if it requires another move like that? Is that maybe why we still see him?
0: I don't think they need to.
1: Um,
0: I don't see how, like, if it, Blake Cedarland will be an interesting one. Like I think Ben Charrington's going to talk today, and I know one of the questions that I'll have for him is like, why not Blake Cedarland? He talked about it last week with Brownie on on the Fan, and he basically said that he wasn't ready. Um, I'm I'm curious a little bit more why he isn't ready, but I mean that doesn't require a 40 man roster move, and I don't think we need to make a 40 man roster move or multiple 40 man roster moves to get somebody in here who's better than Miguel Del Pozo. Um, you know, Bachelor again is is an option. It's, I don't know. He might come in and be worse than Del Pozo. I just don't understand running the same guy out there when he's shown he can't throw strikes, when he's shown he's ineffective, and we're still going to give him innings, and give him innings in a, in a relatively, you know, winnable game. And, and I don't understand some of the circumstances that surround it. Like, okay, last night you've got to keep Richard Rodriguez for some sort of, like, decent leverage situation. All right, don't want to burn him right away. Chris Stratton theoretically was available. He could throw on back-to-back days. I don't understand why we're deeming that unavailable. Um, you know, it, you can use different guys. I would have gone to Nick Turley before I would have went to Miguel Del Pozo, and I realize we're now debating the merits of Nick <laughs> Turley versus Miguel Del Pozo. I get it, but I just it's it's been bad.
1: And I think that's where people lose us sometimes in talking to our Pirates insider Jason Mackey. We're not saying Nick Turley's the greatest option in the world, but relatively speaking to what they have at times and they have to put out Del Pozo, it is what it is. So you do say that, yeah, Nick Turley is the better option there. Now, Keone Kella, do we know or do you, are you getting a sense of when we could see him? He's throwing that live bullpen, I mean, this week potentially?
0: Yeah, he's throwing today. He's facing hitters. I believe it's his first time live batting practice. Um, they're officially telling us that they're going to base how he does off of what happens today. I wouldn't expect Kella to be out for much longer Um, unless he gets taken yard like seven times by John Ryan Murphy. Um, I think you're going to see Kella facing hitters in games very soon. Honestly, because it it behooves all sides. Um, It helps Kella's career to get back ASAP, establish himself before the trade deadline. The Pirates are really, really hurting for relievers right now. They need somebody to steady the ship and they can get Kella back. It also benefits them business-wise to get Kella back and then trade him. So if if he's not pitching in games by, you know, maybe Sunday's too quick of a turnaround, but like early next week, assuming there is a Cardinals series, I'd be shocked.
1: That's a big if. That's something I'm going to get into later, that Cardinals series, because, man, crazy times. But 2020 is what it is. Right. Now, another question I have based off last night's game. The Chad Cole-Steven Brawl piggyback. It doesn't seem like it's the best scenario for these guys. You can't get both of them really going at the same time. Do you anticipate a point where they just give it to one of these guys? I'm sure after what we saw last night, it might be an issue of getting Cole stretched out, and when that happens, he could just start and then maybe get Brault in the bullpen to be an arm that helps? Or do you think they're sort of married to the idea of this piggyback and keeping both those guys in the rotation?
0: I think they'll break it apart at some point, Craig. I just don't know when that's going to be. Um, I don't think it's going to be this next time through the rotation. I think Brault blowing up the way he did last night kind of set them back a little bit in that regard. Um, ideally, this team is best constructed to have them apart, and so I think that needs to be the goal. Does one of them go to the bullpen? I, I, don't, I don't see that happening, at least not now. Um, you know, the way things are trending right now, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to milk this until the trade deadline. Maybe they try to trade Derek Holland for something, and then the remaining person or, you know, the extra person takes Holland's spot in the rotation. You're also not going to risk anything with Mitch Keller, Um, see what J.T. Brubaker does another time through, you can adjust that way. Um, You'll figure out a way, but I I, I don't think it's a sustainable option, I think it works for right now, Um, but we've seen a couple times through, like the guy who starts the game does fine, and the guy who comes in, not necessarily his comfort zone. So, you can sort of shoehorn it, I feel like, for a couple more times through, and, and try to get the best you can, but ideally they need, you know, once cool probably gets built up to the fifth up, which should be the next time through the rotation, which this kills me, the like, you know, uh, kid gloves handling of pitchers. Yep. It just like it, it turns my skin, but I don't make the rules, so whatever. Um, you know, then maybe the next time through he's, he's fully able to, you know, handle an outing.
1: All right, now I'm going to set you up for failure here because I'm going to ask questions about the lineup, and it's totally impossible to ever guess what it's going to look like on a day-to-day basis. Eric Gonzalez doing what he's done now, how much does that create sort of problems? Because I look at things through the prism this year of development, trading guys, and seeing what you have for next year. One of the guys I think they probably want to trade is an Adam Frazier. If things work out well, he hits, they can get him to another team. Eric Gonzalez, though, if he keeps playing well, he's probably going to keep getting some starts at short. If they do that, Newman moves to second you dh frazier can he go back to the outfield Uh, there's so many different ways and there's so much to this question i know of trying to figure out where these guys all fit but eric gonzalez what we saw last night if he keeps hitting like this what problems is he going to create of the ripple effect of trying to find time for other guys
0: um i don't think i don't see it as a problem Craig. i really don't i mean uh, to me, the problem is you're tr- you're trying to trade Adam Frazier and he's hitting below 200. Yeah, like that's not a tradable asset. Um, he might have been somebody people were asking about at the winter meetings, which is true, but that means nothing now if he's hitting 150. Um, they need Adam Frazier to hit, and I mean, I like Eric Gonzalez. I, I think some other teams can like Eric Gonzalez. Is he going to net something huge? Absolutely not. But if you take a flyer on a prospect that maybe you like, and you feel like you can develop him, then suddenly Eric Gonzalez in his hot, you know, September 2019 and then the start of 2020 might be worth something. So, I mean, honestly, Craig, like, these lineups have had no consequences. <laughs> I, I, I expect today's, what is today, game 15? It'll be the 15th different lineup of 15 games. I really doubt Shelton's going to repeat any of them. Um, it's been, I, I've never seen anything like it. I've watched baseball my entire life, and you know, they're going to continue doing what they're doing. They're going to continue, you know, trying to get guys at bats, rotate things around. Guys basically don't play two games in a row. I think it's prohibitive to developing any sort of continuity. I think it's a big reason why they're scuffling right now, and maybe they don't care. I mean, honestly, if this year's a transition year, you'd rather have a higher draft pick. It might not be a factor to them. But, you know, they'll. when it's such a revolving door, man, they'll they'll find They'll find somewhere for him to play, somewhere for him to hit.
1: All right, last one, since that one was the lineup, which is impossible. I'm going to put one more in your wheelhouse. I love picking your brain on pitching. You've done it at, the, at a high level. and College is a I've, high, I've, level, high level, Jason. You're not taking that away. You pitched in college. That, to <laughs> me, is a high level. So you're going to take the compliment, damn it. All right. So I love picking your brain on this sort of stuff. This team leads the league in walks. And that's not something we necessarily saw a high walk number from them last year. Now, part of it is they don't even have some of the talent that they had last year on this team. But I'm wondering what difference you've seen from pitchers last year to this year that can maybe be attributed to things Oscar Marine is trying to accomplish with them. I'm sure there's going to be bumps in the road as he's implementing and having guys pitch in ways that they didn't for the last few years. But have you noticed anything tangible that you can say? I'm seeing this change, and it seems like it's something that he's brought into the staff.
0: Um, I don't think it's anything that Oscar has brought into the staff, Craig. I think what we're seeing is guys not trusting their stuff because it may or may not be good enough. Okay. Um, a lot of their walk issues are bullpen related. Um, we're not seeing their starters. You know, it, it, we've seen it a couple times. Like Trevor, what in his next to last start talked about, you know, getting guys 0-2, 1-2, and nibbling a little bit. That happened. Like that, and that's not an Oscar thing. It's just like you're trying to make the absolute perfect pitch when the best pitch might be a four-seam fastball in the middle of the zone and just challenge the dude. But where they're running into issues is they're running guys out there who are drastically worse than those guys they're opposing. And if I'm, again, Miguel Del Pozo or even Dovidas Neveroskis or some other guys where, like, I don't have the stuff to just go right at, you know, Paul Goldschmidt. I'm not going to be able to throw a curveball, you know, 0-2 in a fat part of the zone and think that I'm going to get swing and miss. So, you know, I I know this because I was that pitcher. Like, I I couldn't throw my curveball at somebody with any sort of, I'll use the word in brackets, guts. You know, you have to be fine with it. And I would would bounce a lot of them. And I'd try to nick low and outside and, and get a swing and miss that way because my stuff just wasn't that nasty. And when you have guys with, premium top shelf stuff, you don't have to worry about that. You can go Max Scherzer can go right at somebody. Garrett Cole can go right at somebody. If they're walking guys, it's generally because there's something physically not calibrated correctly. What I see with these guys is just a little bit of timidness. um, and maybe just, you know, that that that's the ilk of pitcher that they're running out. They're a guy who's had control problems because if he didn't have control problems, he would probably be pitching for a different team.
1: Well, Jason, if nothing else, I'm sure a post-game conversation with Derek Holland will be enjoyable tonight. So yes. I'll leave you with that. Those are always fun.
0: I know. I want to know where Dutch Oven came from, by the way. And I don't, you know, I I, I realize the other conversation <laughs> of it. I'm not completely unaware of, you know, the, the funniness there. But, like, how did you get slapped with that nickname? And how people just call him Dutch.
1: There? What's that? People just call him Dutch. Like, I'm I, watching these Zoom conversations. Like, hey, Dutch, what about this?
0: <laughs> I know. It's it's tremendous. Like, it, it is the the most, like, um, I've never seen a nickname in sports have, like, such a crude connotation, but just get thrown around haphazardly. Like, yeah. You know, it, like, it just could show up on the broadcast. They'd just call him Dutch Oven. Like, do you ever think yep. about
1: that? I know. And, and I really enjoy the guy. So well, at least there's that. He's a ton of fun. He
0: is. He All, is. Right, Jason, All right, Jason.
1: Thank you, as always, for joining me. I appreciate it. And thank you for giving me the insight to the pitching there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got a minute. Take care, Chris. All right,
1: Pirates insider Jason Mackey. Always appreciate him coming on and talking with us and getting his perspective on things. Up next, you heard Jason mention it. The Pirates have the Cardinals this week. But they might not. I wanna get into where things stand for baseball this week and the very real impact they could have on the pirates. That's still to come here on Bucko Talk. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over
0: here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Mm-hmm.